And let's, uh, let's read from John chapter 15 together. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would anoint not just the things that I say, but certainly anoint the, the ears and what, what is heard. And Lord, I pray that we would have soft hearts and that we would be willing to be changed today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, before you sit down, uh, turn to the person next to you and say, well, I don't know about you, but I think he might have been talking about you when he said willing to be changed. Now you can sit down. <laughs> uh, truth of the matter is, I, was, I think I was talking about me uh, in terms of being willing to be changed. If the world hates you, when, you know, this isn't a passage of Scripture that I would necessarily just jump in and go, oh boy, I'm going to teach on if the world hates you. But it is where we are in John, and so let's see what it has to say. Uh, one of the first things that we really need is an understanding of, of the term world. I mean, what, what, does, what does that mean? Uh, and it can get a little confusing sometimes because of translation, I would say because of the English language. In this case, it's because of the Greek language because it's got one word that it uses for so much. But one of the confusing places in Scripture is it says over here in 1 John, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. And, and he goes on to say later on that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. So that, that world, that's, that's kind of a bad, that, that's a bad connotation there. On the other hand, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And so what's going on here? Don't love the world, but, but God loves the world. And like I said, really what's going on is 
is, is translation. In both verses, uh, uh, the Greek word that's actually used is cosmos. Uh, we actually put a C in front of it, but that's, that's, the, that's the Greek, puts K in front of it. And when we think of cosmos, we tend to think of, you know, the, 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 the cosmos, the heavens, the, the universe out there. But that word actually has a lot of meanings. It has, has multiple meanings in the way that it was used. It can be a, an apt and harmonious, in fact, the first definition for it is a, a harmonious arrangement, our, our, our constitution, order, government. The, a system, the way things are done. Uh, but it can also mean the universe. It can mean the circle of the earth. It can mean the inhabitants of the earth. It can mean the ungodly multitude, the whole mass of men alienated from God, hostile to the cause of Christ. It can mean world affairs, aggregate of things that are earthly. And so, when you see the word world, you have to kind of go, okay, which one of these things is being talked about here? And the verses actually hold some, some clues to it. Uh, over in 1 John where it said, do not love the world or anything in the world. It goes on to say, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Heard that verse lately? Should I go back and preach last week again and two weeks before that? Uh, all, and so clearly it's not in that particular passage talking about people. It's talking about a system. It's talking about a, a harmonious arrangement, a, 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 our constitution, order, government. John 3.16, on the other hand, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. People, people are the ones who perish or have everlasting life. Systems, systems are not going to exist forever. There's only, really only one, and we're going to talk about that quite a bit today. And it's the one that's superior to all others, and it's the one of which Paul is not ashamed over in Romans chapter 1. But that's, uh, that's ultimately talking about people. In the passage that's before us today, uh, it's talking about the system. Now, I, I know it goes on later to kind of include people in it, but when it says, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. And I looked at a lot of, uh, a lot of translations, and every one of them, it, it, people are not the enemy. They can become indoctrinated into the system. They can manifest what the system does, and oftentimes we can do that without really even being aware of it, but we need to be aware of it. Standing in opposition to the world system is a thing called the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus came and he did not operate according to the dictates of the world system. Thus, 1 John 3, 8 says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work, which is the world system. Jesus refused to run to be motivated by the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and and the boastful pride of life those those things motivate the world they did not motivate Jesus at all they were they were not part of his motivation or the way that he operated Jesus refused to seek his own way in fact he told the Jews he said i tell you the son of the son can do nothing by himself he can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the Father does, so the Son also does. And it even went so far that 
in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if it's possible, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, but not as I will, as you will. And that is the essence of the kingdom of God. He taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's exactly what it is. And, and there's no room in there for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, the things that, the things that tend to motivate us and the things that motivate the world. And so therefore, since Jesus came and did this, he messed everything up for the world. For the world system. I mean, he, no one had ever acted this way. No one had ever lived like this before. And so he comes and reveals it for what it is, for how bankrupt it absolutely is. Now, when it comes to us, Jesus said over in uh, Luke, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is. Because the kingdom of God is within you. This does not mean that the kingdom of God is within me now. So anything that I find in here must be the kingdom. Yep. Boy, it's so good to, to just know that whatever I want must be what God wants because the kingdom of heaven is within me. That's not what that means. And there are people who will teach that. There are people who will absolutely teach that. They're false teachers. They're, they're the kind that Jesus warned about. No, that's not what it means. It means that the kingdom doesn't manifest in the way that worldly kingdoms manifest, in the way that worldly principalities manifest. It means that you can't go, oh, look, they have an army. They must be a kingdom. Or look, they have a bank. They must be a kingdom. Or look, they have this, the, the accoutrements of, a, of an outside kingdom. It's here. It's all about the heart and obedience to God's will. God that's where God looks. When, when, uh, when Samuel went to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be king over Israel, Jesse brought his sons by, and Samuel, now Samuel was nobody's fool. I mean, Samuel was, he, he was a hoss. He, he was right under Moses on the, in the pantheon of, uh, of, um, of great leaders, uh, according, to the, according to the Jewish scriptures. But when he came and he saw Jesse's elder sons, he went, wow, this is this guy looks so good. He's got to be who it is that we're talking about. But, that, but God said, no, don't, don't look. Don't look at the outward things. Uh, the Lord doesn't look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. People, but the Lord looks at the heart. When, uh, when I was in Zimbabwe, and I've, I mention this frequently, but it's such an important point that I'll keep bringing it up. Uh, Ezekiel Goody, the man who, who ran the ministry there, if somebody was going to be recommended to minister, his first question was always, tell me about his heart. Tell me about her heart. Don't tell me how good they can communicate, how well they can communicate. Don't, don't tell me how charismatic they are. Don't, don't tell me what they're able to bring in terms of stuff. Tell me about their heart. And he absolutely had it right. He, he absolutely nailed it because if, you, if the heart is right, all this other stuff will take care of itself. If it's, if it's a matter of of our abilities, of our talents, we can't do anything anyway, can we? 
Because he's the vine, we're the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. nothing. The world's hatred. You ever feel hated? Okay. <laughs> uh, was it ever your fault? Some Christians glory in being hated. Now, this was going to be a little bit bigger on the screen here, but I'll just read it to you. I have gathered you all here to inform you that you are wrong about everything. You know, if you're a jerk and people don't like you, it has nothing to do with John chapter 15, verse 18. Nothing whatsoever. I mean, we tend to think that it, that, oh, I'm being persecuted for the cause of Christ. No, you're being persecuted for stupidity. You're being persecuted because you're mean. John chapter 15, verse 18 is not about confronting the world with how bad they are. Because that's not how that goes down. Uh, there's, there's a verse that, that tends to be hidden away in Scripture over in 2 Timothy that I'd like to call your attention to. Uh, I actually became aware of this verse, gee, almost 40 years ago, and, and it was one of those that just jumped out and went, this is a command, because it uses the word must. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone able to teach, not resentful. You know, we, we, tend, to go through, we tend to go through Scripture, and you, and you can, and that's one of the things that it's there for, and go, oh, well, now this says you got to do that, or, and this says you can't do that, and this, but we tend to leave this one out, and boy, that's about as commanding as, as anything can be worded. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. He said, well, I guess that means you're not supposed to have a mean preacher. Well, are you a servant of the Lord? If anyone is going to be a servant of the Lord, this is how, because that, that, that's how Jesus was. That's how Jesus manifested. Let me tell you something about quarrelsome people. Quarrelsome people quarrel because they're not sure they're right. They get defensive because they're not absolutely convinced that there's not something there to be defensive about. Jesus, you know, Jesus never went, yes, I am too. You know? <laughs> that just wasn't, you know, he just went, I am. This is, this is what I am. And, wh and what he did, he said, well, he got on to people sometimes. Yes, he did. He confronted in such a manner those who claimed to be in the kingdom but were in fact erecting barriers to keep other people out of the kingdom. He spoke, he spoke seven woes to the, to the uh, Pharisees over in Luke chapter 23 and just just briefly, I, I, this is, it's, it's all kingdom related. He says, you shut the door to the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, 
And you will not let others enter who are trying to because they don't meet up to your standards. Because they don't do things the way that you do. And, and, and the second woe, <laughs> this one's, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Because apparently what has happened, I mean, uh, yeah, they've, they've gone to great lengths to make a convert, and, and that's great. As long as you're actually making a convert to Christ and not a convert to who you are. See, they're supposed to be transformed into the image of him, not transformed into the image of me, because that might get us both in trouble. You honor the gold on the altar, above the altar. They were, they were saying if somebody swears by the altar, eh, they don't have to keep their oath. But if they swear by the gold on the altar, then they've got to keep their oath when they do that. And Jesus goes, which one's more important? The thing that makes holy or the stuff that's only holy because it came in contact with this thing? I'm not going to spend any more time on the gold thing, but it's a problem for us today. And then he says, you keep minute rules, but you neglect justice and mercy and faithfulness. And these are the weightier matters of the law. You ought to do these. Keep the minute rules, but these are the weightier matters. These are the more important matters because what they were doing was keeping the minute rules to cover up the fact that they didn't promote justice and mercy, and faithfulness. We, we sang a song here, didn't we, about uh, let, let, today, about let your mercy light my way? Was, isn't that, wasn't that a line from one of the songs? Yeah. You clean the outside of the cup, but not the greed within. Why didn't he just say the mess within, or the stuff within, or the tea leaves within, or whatever? Why do you have to say greed? You whitewash tombs to make it appear that you have life within. See, this, this is all about kingdom stuff. It, 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 it's saying you're, you're, you're sitting it up the way the world sits it up, but it's not in there. That's, what, that's where the woes come from. You honor the dead prophets even as you continue the tradition of killing them. Say, so, well, if we had been alive when, uh, when Jeremiah was around, when, when, when uh, Isaiah was around, when Ezekiel, we wouldn't have persecuted him. No, but you're getting ready to kill the Son of God. The world hates us, and this is really the crux of the, what I want to say. The world hates us in, in the context that's being talked of here, not because of what we do or say about the world. Not because we're attacking the world. The world hates us because of what we do and say about Jesus. Jesus said, they will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. He says, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. And, and, and as we 
talked about several weeks ago. No man ever spoke the way this man spoke. It, it's, not that he, it's not that he came and, and brought new rules. It's that he came and he revealed the Father. He came in and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hey, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. You know, I, I, I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of heaven. You know, he came in and that was the way that that was the way that he, that he spoke, and, and he declared what he would do, and he declared the gospel. He's, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. No one ever spoke the way Jesus spoke. He said, if I had not come and done among them the works that no one ever did, they would not be guilty of sin. And you know what? He wasn't talking about miracles. Because a lot of people have done and can do miracles. Let me tell you what a miracle is. A miracle is something you don't understand. That's what it is. And there is an invisible, supernatural world out there that is capable of invading our world and doing stuff that we don't understand, can't understand. Now, God operates in that, but there's also a, another entity that operates in that, and they can both do stuff that make us go, Wow. Look at that. When Jesus said that he had done the works that no one else ever did, other people have healed folks. I don't know if anybody else had walked on water before or, or, or some of those things, but they were miracles. Other people had done miracles. No. What Jesus did was dismantle the world system by his life. What Jesus did was live in a way that no one else had ever lived before. Live by, live by an obedience to God that no one else had ever lived before. And when he stood before Pilate, and Pilate asked him, are you a king? He said, my kingdom's not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. My kingdom is from another place, and I live like it. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. Surely those are things that no one else has ever done before, but they were direct manifestations of the kingdom of God within him. Father, not my will. Yours be done. When the world sees Jesus reflected in our lives, that's when it truly goes bonkers. It really doesn't care if we you know, promote how to prosper. It really doesn't care if we promote um, happy, happy, happy. It really doesn't care if we promote, you know, me, me, me. It really doesn't care if we want to argue politics with it. It really doesn't care if we want to fight, you know, because it's selling all of those things itself. That's what it does. I mean, when McDonald's bills on one corner, it doesn't mind if, 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 Burger King bills on the other. It, it didn't hurt Kroger's business when Publix moved in. Uh, I mean, it just drives more traffic that way because in those cases, all we're doing is what they're already doing, and people can choose. Do I want a Toyota or do I want a Chevy? You know, they're both the same thing. But when we reveal righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Spirit. That's someplace the world can't go. 
that's someplace it, it, it doesn't know any, anything about. That's, that's not fair. That's when the world begins to hate because Christ is now being revealed. When the world hears about Jesus, unashamed, unforced, un, unassailable testimony, simply proclaiming the truth and, and, and especially when we, when we share our testimony because nobody, nobody can really deny your testimony, what, what has happened to you. When they, when they hear that, when they're confronted with that, when Jesus is lifted up, begins to draw men unto himself, that's when they go bonkers. That's when, that's when they begin to hate. And it's not the people, those who hate, the, the people who, who manifest the hatred are not the enemy. They're the prisoners. They're the ones that Jesus came to set at liberty. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Poor don't get much good news. They don't get much good news out of Wall Street or out of Washington or out of Nashville or out of Smyrna. They don't get much good news anywhere. But Jesus came, and that was his first priority, and then to set at liberty those who are captive. Bind up the brokenhearted. This is the kingdom of God. Speak about your testimony, about Jesus. Speak about what you know. Speak, speak about his focus in your life. My life is very different when I'm focused on Jesus than when I'm focused on anything else. Because when I'm focused on anything else, things begin... To, the manifestation of the kingdom in my life, righteousness, peace, and joy, begins to go away. Begins to go away. And it doesn't have to be anything overtly sinful. You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't own a sports team, but I root for several of them. And when I'm deeply invested and they deeply lose, since I'm not a Cubs fan and I'm not all that used to it, God bless you, my brother. <laughs> I get bummed. It's just kind of like, uh, what's wrong? Well, I don't know. The Giants lost today. And when they, and when they win, woo-hoo-hoo, yeah. Uh, and then, but, you know, that's, that's a simple thing because there are other things in our lives that we get focused on, we get fixated on. You know, what other people think and what, rather than what God thinks and, and, and uh, am I going to have this? Am I going to worry about that? You say, well, we don't do these things and we're, you know, and we're, and we're not quarrelsome people. I've read your Facebook post. <laughs> have you read them? <laughs> okay. Some of you know who I'm talking about, but uh, the Holy Spirit's the only one that really matters if he knows who I'm talking about. But when I focus on Jesus, 
Jesus at the center of my life, from my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Life is different. I'm living on a different plane, living in a different place, a place the world cannot understand and a place the world hates because the world and its desires are passing away. But the one who does the will of God remains forever. That's what the scripture says. So see, it's it's that simple. Just, Just speak it. Don't be defensive. Don't be angry. Don't be quarrelsome. Just be Jesus. Reflect his love, his presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit will rest upon you and bring about the Father's will. Would you stand with me? From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. So be magnified, oh Lord. You are highly exalted. There is nothing you can't do. Oh Lord, my eyes are on you. Be magnified, oh Lord, be magnified. You might want to put that in a key, people can sing. Those who are going to pray for people, come forward. If you're here, yeah, if you're here and you need prayer, come. There's nothing he can't do. You are high.
In the 70s, I read a little book called Love Not the World uh, that really expounded on this idea of the world and the, and the kingdom differences. And, you know, I feel like uh, I've done such an inadequate job of expressing it, but it, it, it changed my life. And so... Um, Maybe that'll do that for someone today. Raise your hand. Let me give you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent His Son into the world to destroy the works of the evil one and establish the kingdom of God. May the manifestation of the kingdom of God be established in your life. May the power of the Holy Spirit rest upon you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.